Hello and welcome to Off the Shelf with Phoebe. Thanks for joining me today. Today I have a really exciting guest for you. So just a disclaimer before I introduce my guest, we go back a long way. We met as baby-faced 19-year-olds at university, so there's a lot of history (laughs) and embarrassing nights out there. So my guest this week is Sharina Shiv. You may have heard of her because she is the host of her own podcast. Startup Start Now is something that she started at the start of lockdown. I've just said start a lot of times there, so shout out to me for how difficult that was. <laughs> she is currently a student at the Judge Business School at Cambridge University. She was originally from Devon and she now runs a property management company. As I said, we met at Aston University where she founded the Aston Women in Business Society during her placement year at Microsoft. She left university and joined the prestigious Royal Bank of Scotland graduate scheme and later moved onto on Coots, which as we all know is the Queen's Bank. So without further ado, welcome to Sharina. Hi Phoebe, what an introduction! <laughs> and we do go way back, so honestly thank you so much for making me your first guest and I'm so excited for your podcast series. Well thank you, I mean I've been listening to yours in lockdown and it's taught me a lot about taking the initiative and seizing the day and doing things for myself and I think a lot of my listeners will really enjoy your podcast as something which will help them if they're thinking about setting up a side hustle or branching out because I think that's really common nowadays especially now people have had time to think about it in lockdown. Absolutely I think you know we're of a whole new generation where we will all have different income streams gone the days of just doing your one job um, and your nine to five we're definitely in a whole different sphere where we've got so much technology books bit of a plug for books podcasts bit of a plug for start of start now (laughs) Um, where people have got all this information where they can continuously learn Um, and look we like to get sidetracked into different things so yeah I'm I'm excited to um, also hear from your listeners and and learn from your podcast more importantly well hopefully my podcast will give everyone some great book recommendations because I've noticed this year I've been inundated with people asking me I've got time on my hands, what should I read? Or I'm thinking about doing this, what's a good book for it? And now we've got Christmas coming up. I get people saying, what book should I buy as a present? So hopefully your five choices will go some way to helping people decide. So no pressure. (laughs) Oh gosh. (laughs) And I don't know if my book recommendations are um, reflective of, you know, what others might want to read. So it'll be interesting to get your views on them as well. Well, on this podcast, I'm trying to bring on a wide range of people to talk about what they like to read. Mm. I want to bring on people who don't consider themselves as readers or people that they're not um, in the publishing industry or they don't write or anything like that. And they're a bit of a observer when it comes to books. I want people that will choose something different that I can recommend to my listeners. I think that's actually really interesting you say that because when you said to me oh you know you know Shereen I'm thinking of doing this podcast I was like yeah well I'm not a reader (laughs) and you talked me around you'd be surprised (laughs) how many people say that and I'm I just think it doesn't matter if you you don't have to read 
a book a day as long as you read a little bit and I think everyone has their own recommendations and I actually think recommendations coming from someone who's not really a reader might carry more weight because if they don't really like to read if they've read something and loved it Mm. then maybe that means it's particularly good absolutely ah so speaking of reading you're currently a student at Cambridge so you must be doing a lot of textbook reading Oh my goodness. Honestly, our reading list is nothing like Aston. So it's gone from, you know, perhaps we would be told that we need to read two or three things for the whole term in a term, what's about 12 weeks. So now comparing that to, to Cambridge, we now have, you know, uh, three or four essential readings per week per module so I can't even do the maths there's that much reading to do um, and that's the essential stuff and then it's all the oh suggested reading so yeah in terms of I've learned so much about skim reading about the importance of looking at the summary um, yeah reading galore here so yeah definitely not going to get bored of that but the really interesting thing is when you are studying something you're genuinely interested in so my course is a master's in entrepreneurship um the the material that they're giving you to read is so interesting you know i'm learning about the founders of nando's and then the next reading is like what are the problems with um kind of teams at microsoft so it's really a variety of reading which is um really interesting so yeah I'm, i will be happy to give you some suggestions on those things to look out for as well <laughs> i mean that sounds really interesting and as hopefully my soon to be regular listeners will know i'm now a student at oxford and i feel exactly the same about the reading list i'm swimming in paper and textbook oh, articles and just everything so i completely sympathize and I thought what was really interesting, so I, I announced uh, Cambridge during the end of lockdown. You also did the same. Um, and look at us now, like fresh as what, like 10 years ago? And I know you said that in the intro. Um, and then fast forward and having just, you know, celebrated another lot of freshers. How was freshers at Oxford? So it was really odd. So because we're postgraduates and mm. there's no residency requirement we didn't really have a freshers week but I'm not really sure how normal freshers week would have been anyway because of covid and I have to say I'm I'm quite happy that we're not actual freshers this this year because I just don't know how they're doing it must be so hard I know I know yeah it's it's um freshers here is a lot different to, to Aston they play croquet here <laughs> I actually have pray, played croquet quite a lot, so I'm not going to judge anyone for that. <laughs> if you drink pims while you're doing it, it goes down very well. Okay. <laughs> so on that high class note, let's move on to your book recommendations. So the first book you've chosen is the book that influenced you the most. So tell us about it and why you chose it. Yeah, so I would say the book that influenced me the most was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, it was a book that I read when I was working at uh, Coots Bank. So I was on my graduate placement um, and it was a little book, um, but a really, really easy read. Um, and I'd read like a few pages on the way on the tube to the office and the way back. And every time I put the book down back in my bag and start the day it was just something that I kept thinking about so the premise of the book is looking at 
understanding um, financial literacy and it what that actually means is you know how do you kind of manage your own business where is your income streams coming from um, do you know the difference between assets and liabilities um, and it just kind of really made me aware that like an asset is money that you put in your pocket and a liability is money that you take out of your pocket and I had studied accountancy, right? And I'd done this, you know, from my degree, I'd done it in my GCSEs, but until I was reading his book and he was actually writing it in such a way that it was very relevant to me as the audience, then it started to make sense. And it made me think, you know, do I really want to do kind of a nine to five job and what do I need to start? How do I need to start kind of living my life in order to um, think about my future financial planning? Funnily enough, I was also working in a job where we talk a lot about financial planning. So the book and the industry that I was in really made me think about how we look at money, um, the importance of money, sort of the history of taxes and, you know, really about kind of like managing a business and making sure that you're aware of you know, savings and kind of where you, where you're investing. Um, so yeah, I think that was kind of the book that changed my life. And it also made me think that I think time and time again, we're always trying to like keep up with the Joneses. Um, and this kind of, this book made me think of money in a very different way. So yeah. So the reason why I'm being so quiet is because I have never studied accountancy. I dropped math <laughs> as soon as I could. I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm terrible with money, but I'm not the most financially literate person in the world. So this does sound like a book that I should read because I felt that they didn't really cover this kind of thing in school. Um, I don't know how you felt about that considering you studied accountancy, you might feel differently. Couldn't agree more. So couldn't echo enough that these, these simple life tips, life hacks were not covered in school at all. Um, really kind of, and again, I studied business studies. It was like, why was I not taught that rich people acquire assets and poor to middle class people acquire li liabilities? Like that was just like a really simple topic and they didn't delve into that. And so, yeah, what I would say, anybody who's interested in reading it, it's probably, you know, I'm a slow reader, um, but it would probably take them not even a week to, to read that book. And I, and I say... I, well, every time I say rich dad, poor dad, I also have to caveat that with the fact that a lot of people are like, yeah, but the author, Robert, he's just trying to sell his courses and da, 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 da. And what I would say is if you just read between the lines and you take kind of the high level teachings that he's putting on offer for you, then I think there's a lot you can take away from that. And it would make you kind of rethink some of your work and your business decisions, your investments decisions, um, that very kind of layman's term. It's a really good kind of entry book. I mean, you've massively sold it to me. I'll be putting it on <laughs> As I said, I'm not the most financially literate person, but it does sound like it really echoed with you and really kind of influenced some choices you've made on how mm. you want to set your life up. And I think in lockdown, people are looking to make changes. They've realized they want to, you know, have different income streams, maybe not work a nine to five and if they're going to go about doing that, some people do need to read a book to look at it and think, okay, this is how I should do it. Or the book might just make some suggestions or alternatively, they might read the book and hate it. But as you've recommended it, I really hope that's not what happens. 
Well, uh, if I just add that it was only probably another 60 days after reading that book that I left my secure banking role in London to start a business. I think you can kind of tell how influential that book is to me. <laughs> and I, and I'm, I'm never going to sell that specific book. I'm never going to get rid of it. That book, even though I've read it, and I probably won't read it again, but now it has a bit of a sentimental value for me because I know how powerful and influential it was to me so yeah it's kind of become my little like sacred thing if that makes sense yeah I know what you mean I have a when I do my my own show about my book picks I have a book that changed my life and I will never get rid of it and yeah. the thing is, it's not even a very nice looking book it's very not it's actually it's bright yellow <laughs> it's not great but I, I'm the same I won't get rid of it even if I have to keep it in a cupboard instead of on the shelf it's nice to know it's there Exactly. It kind of feels a bit safe that it's coming around with me and I've brought it to uni here and everything. So, yeah. So moving on to your second book, the category you've chosen is the first book that you remember. So mm. tell us about that. Yeah. So the first book I remember, um, basically I have a very influential woman in my life. Her name was Grandma Paula, Paula Wilde. Um, she became our adopted uh, grandma uh, soon after I lost my mum at a young age. So she had come from um, just basically someone who was looking after my brother every week, who then became a big part of our life when we would see her like two or three times a week. Uh, she taught me how to read, which I thought was really special. So I must have been around the age of, see, I, I learned to read really late in like, well, late compared to my, um, my school friends. So um, when everybody was on, we used to have like color coded books in year two and year yes, three. Yes, I remember we had the, I think it was the grades we had and they, you know, every week you could pick a book from the grade and then you'd move up a yeah. grade and you could pick from new books. Exactly. So yeah. I was always on the lower grade books and actually it was, um, so then that's why she had to spend a lot more time with us because she realized it, she wasn't just there to like help my brother, but she actually became like part of the family. Anyway, sorry, story digress. No, it's the a book. great story. I'd love to have a lady like that. <laughs> oh, she's incredible. And, um, sadly is, is late now. Um, but she, yeah, so she taught me how to read and one, um, my birthday is in December and obviously Same. I'm a fellow December baby. Oh, how terrible is it? Come on. <laughs> Depends um, if we're out of lockdown by then. I know, but fingers crossed. Um, but she bought me the Alice in Wonderland book. But the thing is, it wasn't just the Alice in Wonderland book. She got it personalized. Um, and throughout the book was reference to my name, reference to Exeter, um, had my brother's name in it. And the whole journey was Alice in Wonderland with Sharina and Co. So, That's so cool. That's such a good oh. choice for a child. Exactly. And I just remember, you know, I took it into my show and tell class um, and I still have it, you know, but it's just kind of opening a printed book and seeing your name in there as a young child. I'm trying to think how old I was. What, what age are you when you're in like year two, year three? I think, I, can't even know. I think year two is about seven, maybe eight. Mm, mm, that sounds about right. And yeah, just kind of having that novelty. Um, so yeah, I would say that book is kind of the first book that I remember reading and reading it with her, seeing my name in it. And, and again, it, that super sentimental value that it's come from someone who taught me how to read is, is really special. 
And now obviously I get everything personalized that I can. <laughs> so this was before the days of past. <laughs> you started a lifelong habit. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong with that. That's a really lovely present. And you know, the parents listening, if you want to treat your child this Christmas, maybe that would be a, a good bet. So the third book you've chosen is the best book you ever received as a gift, obviously not including the Alice in Wonderland book that you've just talked about. (laughs) So tell us what you've chosen and why. Mm. So the next book that I've chosen is Becoming by Michelle Obama. (laughs) Before you launch into your explanation, I just want to say I have also uh, read and listened to this book. I had the audio book. Michelle Obama reads it. Her voice is like honey oh. and I loved it too. But sorry, Damn I didn't mean to go on. Go on and no, tell. No, I should I should have had it in audiobook because I want to listen to Honey Michelle Obama. <laughs> um, so, so it was a gift. It was a gift, yeah. So I should probably start with who gave me the book. Um so the gift Oh, actually, sorry. The the book came from my brother in the same birthday which was about 2 years ago. Um, well, well, it was when the book first came out. Was it um, two years ago? Yeah, two years ago sounds about right. Mm. So my brother bought me the book for my birthday and three of my good friends, so Sheena, Varsha and Tanya actually Shout bought out to me, all of them. All Aston gals. <laughs> um, they bought me the tickets to go and see Michelle Obama in the April. That's amazing. So I don't know. Well, obviously this goes to show how impactful Michelle Obama has been to me prior to getting this book, but get it like just getting the book was good enough. And then for the girls to match that up with getting me tickets to go and see them um, meant so much to me. So yeah, Michelle Obama had been someone that I had followed a long time. And anyone who doesn't know who Michelle Obama is, I'm not even going to get into explaining who she is. Um, but I really liked in her book, kind of her humble beginning start uh, the way she talked about her father and his his illness, all the way through to Marie, meeting Barack and kind of the the specialty that went with that, um, becoming first lady, um, and I think because I really admired her for a long time, it was quite nice to get a very kind of insightful side of her and and understand her journey more in depth than you know knowing that she had wrote it herself and then that followed on to obviously seeing her live at the O2 in April and then she came out with her Netflix documentary so really felt like at the end of all of it I'd got a really good understanding of her even more in depth than kind of my own research and my own following of her and I love everything she stands for she's an independent woman a working mom she felt she felt the need to put her own twist on first lady and she didn't need to change who she was uh, to kind of conform to what other first ladies of America were like she she really put that statement you know and portrayed herself in such a good light mm. yeah I completely agree with you I'm also a big Michelle Obama fan I think you'd struggle to find someone that isn't a big Michelle Obama fan. I know. He's great. Um, what did you like about her book? So, as, as you know, and as my listeners will find out, my day job is law. And obviously mm-hmm. Michelle Obama went to law school. She qualified mm-hmm. as a lawyer, which is how she met Barack. And I loved that. When she was writing about law school, when she was writing about how hard she had to work and how she found the paperwork, I, she spoke to me on another level. 
Mm, mm. Definitely. Did you watch the Netflix documentary on it? I did watch the Netflix documentary. I mean, we could probably talk for a whole hour about how much we both love Michelle Obama. (laughs) Let's do that. No, I'm joking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, she is great. Um, Yeah, I would also recommend her book. She might also be on my, my top five picks as well. Oh, oh, and as well, Barack's got a book coming out now. So, yeah, the Promised Land, or I think it's a Promised Land actually. It's coming out maybe next week. It's very, very uh, recent book, mm, and it is something which I would also read. Dropping loads of promo, haven't they? So, yeah, they have, and at the moment, it's one of two books. So, I'm interested to see kind of where he, where he stops in the first book, and where he's going to pick up in the second book. Um, but mm. we'll come to that. We'll come to that. That's all fun to be had this Christmas under the tree. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on to your fourth book, as my listeners have heard, you uh, have started your own property management company. You're studying entrepreneurship at Cambridge. It's obviously a subject that you love. And the fourth book you've chosen is the book that helped you start your business. So tell us which book you've chosen and why. Yeah. So the book that I have chosen is called The Lean Startup. Um, The reason I've chosen that book is, um, by the sounds of it, all of my books came from gifts or recommendations. That is very true. (laughs) Um, And a theme. So this one actually came from uh, a recommendation from two two of the people that I was living with in London. They were both founders of an online beer subscription company called Honest Brew. So Annabelle and, and Andrew. if you want to sign up to them, I will put the link in the description <laughs> box because we're nothing if not plugging our friends' companies. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to Honest Brew. They're incredible guys. So they've been, again, I think, so you're getting a theme, you know, living in London, working in banking and working with some really successful entrepreneurs and listening to their stories day in, day out, and then going home and living with two entrepreneurs that are doing killer boss stuff and innovating in an area that has has not been innovated in before. So anyway, any recommendation that came from Annabelle and Andrew, of course I was going to, you know, chew their arm off. Um, And I very much took them on the journey about what I was planning on doing. Um, And I should probably add, the reason I started a property management company is because I had been working in property management, working at an estate agency since the age of 17. So I started off as a Saturday girl. I then went and did my summers with them in between Aston Uni um, and actually went and worked another summer before working um, at RBS. So kind of the things that I would sit down and talk to Annabelle and Andrew and the kind of advice I'd get from them is, what are you comfortable with? What industries have you been involved with? And again, that's a whole new podcast as to why I started the property management. But the book that they recommended, along with a few others, one of them was The Lean Startup. And they were like, go away, get this book, read it. It'll give you all the kind of basis or at least your reference point when you're struggling with something with your business. Um, and you know it really kind of emphasized things that that entrepreneurship is everywhere you know everything you see and do and touch that's that's kind of available um the other things that i took away from the book was kind of like it's important to work smarter and not harder big fan um, and big fan of that stuff <laughs> it's like motto of my life <laughs> um and it just kind of 
so again, the book is more like a textbook. It's a very businessy book. Um, and you just kind of go through it and it just shows all of like the melodical ways of thinking about starting a business. And for someone who, again, I'm going to reemphasize had studied business and management for her degree and did her business studies, A levels and BTEC and did her GCSE business studies. If this book was available to Sharina at the age of 16, she probably wouldn't have gone and perhaps maybe done some of the life choices that she did. Um, so it was just a really, really good book for starting a business. Uh, a lot of it came from the fact that uh, it was the recommendation Annabelle and Andrew and I just really liked you know something that the book was saying was like build something measure it learn from your mistakes and then start it again um, and again that's kind of like the premise of being an entrepreneur it's kind of again the reason the podcast is called startup start now is half the problem is we're just not willing to start up you know and yeah or start now at least I mean, I, I completely agree. The fear of starting is something which I really identify with. And you were saying that it really influenced you. And I'm a massive believer in books can change your life. The right book at the right time can change your life. And I really do think that. So I'm really interested to see how that happens with nonfiction books and how it can happen with setting up your own business or going off and doing something crazy. Mm. I mean, I dread to think the different the different life choices I would have made if I'd read certain books at certain times. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I just really want to home in if I haven't made it clear enough. It's because the recommendation came from them that it's not a book that was anywhere on my radar. Um, and now when people ask me, Sharina, what books should you read if you're thinking of starting a business? There's like three go-to books that I would tell them and, and that's definitely one of them. No, that's really interesting. And hopefully my listeners will, will take <laughs> notice of that before they think about setting up their own business. So moving on to your fifth and final book, you've gone for the book that you last read. And if you could tell me which book that is and why you, well, I say why you last read it, but whether you enjoyed it or not, I suppose. Mm. So the last book uh, that I read is The School of Life um, by Am I saying his name correct? Alan Button? No. Alan de Botton. And just before you launch into your explanation, I also love this book. So we have a lot of, you know, crossover, it seems. I read this book about 18 months ago, maybe a year ago. Ah. Speaking of books that will change your life, this book really changed my life. It really made me think about things that before I just thought I knew. Maybe mm. that was growing up. Maybe that was the book. I'm not sure. But I also really recommend this book. But I'm just taking your thunder. So please tell us if you like. No, let, let's have this conversation. No, it's, it's great because I guess, again, how I was signposted to it is one of my friends from Exeter before coming to university gave me a stack of books amongst other ones that were about being a feminist and all the other things that I stand for. He just bundled I mean, a whole bunch of books. He sounds like a great friend. Part. I need friends like that. I love friends that gift books. Honestly, shout out to JP. Yeah. So he, he was great. Um, him JP, and Kylie. If you need his... a new friend, I'm available. 
Exactly. Everyone needs a friend like JP. I actually met him uh, in Exeter during studying my BTEC National Diploma in Business. Um, so the reason I think that that's a great book is I think it's a good starting place, um, similar to echoing some of the things you've said. But if we all had that kind of understanding and we all read that book, we would all start at a really nice like playing field of understanding our colleagues, our relationships, our romances. Um, and I think everyone could actually benefit from reading this book. So out of kind of all of the books that I've mentioned, this is probably the, the most powerful one that they should go to. Um, I think emotional intelligence is such an important gift of life and you know it allows us to learn how to kind of communicate with each other how to read situations and again sorry to draw it back to business and entrepreneurship and podcasting but a lot of the time what you're doing as a business owner is you are reading into people's signals and why they you know think a certain way and why they do a certain thing and you're you're preempting the way that they look at things and I love how he talks about, you know, yes, we teach people math, science, English, but we never really teach them how to live their life and just accepting that, you know, what you're doing is great. And, you know, I just think those, those things are really invaluable. So I really, yeah, I really couldn't agree more with you. I think you're right. If people read it, it that book takes a level of, of self-awareness. I don't think it's like an easy book that you could mm. read on your commute. I think it does take a bit of thinking about it and applying it to your own life but I do think mm. you're right it really focuses on emotional intelligence emotional education and improving where you can your understanding of other people and why they may act the way they do or why something mm. you do has make, made them have a certain reaction that you don't really understand but that doesn't mean that their reaction is invalid it's their feelings and they're entitled to them but it might just be that you don't understand where they're coming from so I could not agree more and my last and final question was going to be, which of the five books you've chosen is your favourite? <laughs> but you seem to have covered that off and it would be The School of Life. I, they're, they're all great books um, and they're all great books in very different ways. I think probably for your listeners, the, the most practical one that they could take away and you know would probably like learn the most on a living playing field would be The School of Life. Obviously, if they were looking for someone aspirational, I would go, oh, yeah, you should definitely, you know, Michelle Obama. They're all like very different. Oh, if you start in a business, I would go down the rich dad, poor dad or the lean startup. So, yeah, but just in terms of if everybody just wants a good book to kind of spend some time in their own mind, reflecting and thinking about kind of what they can add to society. And then I think definitely um, the school of life is the way forward. Oh, and shout out to the fact that um, he was also from Cambridge. So, <laughs> so you're showing some city pride, city pride there. Absolutely. <laughs> so that covers off the book portion. What I'm hoping will become my guest's most hated portion of the interview. Um, I've got some, some, I've got five quick fire questions for you. Amazing. I do this on my podcast. And actually, I don't think it's something they're going to dislike. I always get told, oh, that's like my favorite part of Start Up, Start Now, Sharina. So yeah, shoot. What have you got for me? I think it's because choosing your books is something you can do in advance and you can think about it. Whereas the quick fire, you you never know what can happen. First question, fiction Mm -hmm. or nonfiction? 
Oh, non-fiction. Well, I can't say I'm surprised given four of your five choices are, are non-fiction. <laughs> Question number two, how often do you finish a book? Oh, God, this is terrible. So basically, I probably... Every year I have a, a wall of goals of things I want to achieve. And when I was younger, I'd like be really ambitious about how many books I want to put on there. And as the years have gone on, I've like had to become more realistic. So because I'll be honest, a lot of the way I learn is through audio and podcasts, because if I'm decorating a room or if I'm, you know, moving in and out tenants or doing long drives, that's why podcast kind of works best for me. And I, I learn that way. So um, I probably I only read like about four books a year um, and that's me just being completely honest and then no there's we, nothing wrong with that I think that however you consume your books however you do your reading whether it's listening or reading a physical book or even a kindle or anything like that I think it's all fine and as long as you're taking in something new or something different then mm. I don't care how you do it and just touching on the whole Kindle part, no, I'm physical. I oh, know it's not even a question, is it? But yeah, I'm such a physical book. What about you? No, I'm definitely a physical book. I mean, Kindle, well, Kindle, I actually have a lot of university textbooks on because it's much easier to search for things on them. But mm. in terms of, uh, you know, a reading book or a biography or some other kind of nonfiction, I definitely go for the, the physical book as well. Mm. So question number three. What's your favourite place to read? Oh, favourite place to read. Okay, so again, it's changed. Um, but where it was before is uh, at my dad's home in front of the radiator at the kitchen table. So I, yeah, <laughs> and it's at a like, certain time of the day where it's just like when it's starting to get a little bit cold next to the radiator reading. Sounds yeah. very cosy. <laughs> I mean, paint us a picture. Do you have a drink? Is there snacks? There's a cup of tea close by, dressing gown on, hood up. I mean, that sounds exactly what I need right now. <laughs> so fourth question, you're nearly all the way through. Would you Amazing. rather read in the morning or the evening? Evening, yeah. <laughs> I'm the same. In the morning, I'm barely a functioning person. I've just got to get like life admin done. I need to get out for a run. So yeah, reading is like later on in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. And final question, question five. What is the book that you're looking forward to reading next? Oh, well, we've already dropped. Can I say Barack Obama again? Probably. Yeah, definitely. If you're, yeah, that's what you're think, excited for. Yeah, and then I also got a ref... Um, someone told me I need to read Invisible Woman. So that's on my book list. I had that actually as a present for my mum last Christmas. And again, <sighs> it's a book that I love. It's great. The author is actually the lady who listeners may remember a few years ago led the campaign to get Jane Austen on the £10 note. So if you love kind of uh, books with a more feminist look, um, then definitely check her out. Yeah. And also, can I just shout out one of my friends who is jumping on the podcast as well? Um, she's do it, She's done a lot of books around um, racism and obviously Black Lives Matter was a massive thing during lockdown. So her name is Sophie Williams um, and she's got a book called Anti-Racist Ally. So that is also on my list of books to read. Um, and her campaigning 
is just gone viral and I just love everything she stands for. So yeah, I would very much also say that anti-racist ally is on my, my books that I need to get on and read. And just to clarify, when Sharina said the podcast, she meant her own podcast. Hopefully when Sophie hears <laughs> this lovely podcast, she'll come on mine as well and talk, yeah. and talk about anti-racist ally, because I think that sounds actually a really interesting book and something that I would definitely add on my to read list. Yeah. And she's also, um, she's actually writing her next book, which is millennial black as well. So yeah, she's not messing around in this area. Um, and yeah, I think she's, she's great. And I'm the things that I'm really interested right now is around kind of the gender pay gap, the, um, sort of the race pay gap as well so anything I can be reading up more on that side so even if if your listeners have perhaps got some recommendations around those topics um I would love them to send them to me because again I go off recommendation books as <laughs> rather than sourcing books myself so I mean I'm sure my listeners do have some recommendations but actually a recommendation from me is yeah. earlier this year I read a book called Slay in Your Lane Oh, I've heard and about that one. That was written by um, two women, two black women. And it really, I mean, you people can't see this, but I am of white British origin. And it really helped me to understand a bit better what their, what their opinion was and how they experienced things. Because I'm trying to understand, I'm trying to be an ally, but that's not something that I do understand. Mm. And again, it's it, look how that book title has literally become a coined phrase that we use all the time. It's like hashtag slay in your lane. <laughs> so yeah, no, that's brilliant. I'll add that to my list. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on my podcast. And you know, these books are great suggestions. And I hope my listeners will go and read all five of them and all of the books that you're looking forward to reading, because there seems to be a lot of them. So just wrapping up, what are you working on now? What can we look forward to seeing you in next? Oh, good question. Um, so again, we, we did season one of the podcast, Start Up Start Now. That went down really, really well. And it almost couldn't have dropped at a better time. I know that sounds awful, but I feel like now people have a lot more to think about hustle their passions um so such an amazing lineup of people coming on season two of the podcast so busy with that busy as you said earlier with university busy with the business um and just kind of promoting awareness around encouraging people to follow their passions so i'm you know and i'm so happy that you're following your passion as well so your side hustle um because i think now more than ever we all need to kind of come together it's been a really really tough year and we just need to be having some more conversations and i think reading is a really good place to look after your mind as well so during this kind of tough time if you can stay distracted with starting businesses reading books you know, taking care of one another, then, you know, it now, it's now more important than ever before. And on that beautiful note, we will end the podcast. Thank you very much for coming on, Sharina. Thank you very much and good luck. I can't wait to see your journey unfold. <laughs>